Welcome to the Joie de Vivre community, where we aim to put the joie into vivre. We review and rate experiences on a scale that goes from marvelous to spiffing, and then to tolerable, and finally execrable. I'm your host, Robin Priest, and today I'm talking about the current Cirque du Soleil Lucia show at the Royal Albert Hall. I am not a circophile. I've never actually before been to any Cirque du Soleil event. But the company from Quebec, Canada, is back at the Royal Albert Hall in its apparently traditional slot from mid-January to early March, some 630 days since its last performance there. And the show is quite marvellous. I have no idea if it is better or worse than previous shows, but you can just let this one wash over you. It is not taxing on the brain in the slightest, but rather more on the wallet, given the price of the seats. Some critics carp that the Cirque du Soleil is rather too corporate and too slick by half. I find such criticism odd. The product is indeed very glossy, in the way that perhaps the magazine Architectural Digest is, as compared to, say, Better Homes and Gardens. Cirque du Soleil does what it says on the tin. It is a series of very impressive circus acts, woven together through a chosen theme and performed in fantastic venues and, of course, in front of a large sun. It is the architectural digest of circus. The difference between this and the Better Homes and Gardens variety is that the canvas is so much bigger and there are no live animals involved. The music, lighting and special effects are way beyond anything a big top can deliver. The show is called Lucia as it is a blend of the Spanish word for light, luz, and rain, iluvia. You will shortly hear that there's an awful lot of both in this spectacle. It is billed as a living dream of Mexico. Without the program, and helpful in-flight announcements from the virtual aeroplane at the start of the show, I'm not sure you'd guess this was the theme. There is no plot as such, but a cornucopia of inspirations from Aztec gods to magical realism to football, in the form, I may say, of a mightily impressive display of keepy-uppy. If you'll pardon the spoiler, I'm pretty sure that even Lionel Messi cannot breakdance with a ball held between his foot and his shin. The Living Dream is a sort of agreeably trippy tribute to the country's flora and fauna. It's perhaps worth noting, however, that there don't seem to be many Mexicans involved. There's a smattering in the cast, but they're in no way dominant. There are more Belarusians. Of course, the Mexico of this show is a composite of everything from turn-of-the-century film shoots and steamy, vine-laden jungle caves to psychedelic Sonoran desert mirages with saguaro cactus that appear to be mainlining Viagra. I'd like to pause here and reflect on the fact that not only is the show marvellous, but it is a marvel that it is happening at all. The Cirque du Soleil started in Canada in 1984 as a small troupe of peripatetic street circus performers. It grew rapidly, BC, that is before COVID, into a megacorp with annual revenues of a billion dollars. No big top circus family has ever come close, not even the Chipperfields. 
Then suddenly, on March 13, 2020, 71 SIEC performances around the world were cancelled as governments tried to stem the spread of coronavirus. Daniel Lamar, the then CEO, tried to console himself by saying, well, all the touring shows are down, but if Vegas remains open, we're okay. The next day, Nevada shut down all non-essential businesses and the Las Vegas casinos, where SIEC had no less than six resident shows running, closed indefinitely. Talk about a bad day at the office. From a billion dollars in revenues to zero in just 48 hours. Lamar had to repatriate the cast and support staff from multiple touring shows as flights were grounded and borders closed. Can you imagine the logistical nightmare? He had to lay off some 95% of CX workforce, that's 4,679 people roughly, by video. He took the company into bankruptcy protection in June 2020, running it just with a skeleton staff. They then were able to raise $375 million of new capital. However, it left the circus under the control of its creditors led by Catalyst Capital, a Canadian private equity group specializing in distressed debt. So it is really remarkable that despite being overburdened with debt, and having distressed debt professionals running the business, Cirque du Soleil reopened two of its Las Vegas shows in June 2021 and followed this with a number of touring shows, including this one at the Royal Albert Hall. As with other industries, many former employees used the time to reflect on their working lives, and a number of the Cirque's performers decided they did not wish to be part of a big organization any longer, working from home, had a lot more appeal. All I can say is that if Lucia is anything to go by, they're not missed, and Cirque du Soleil is in rude health indeed. A COVID recovery story, if ever there were one. The new CEO of the company has said, we don't want to do a dark show right now. We want to be very joyful. And they have delivered. The spectacle starts with a clown parachuting down from the Albert Hall's great dome, as if from a propeller plane. He lands on a massive conveyor belt, observing the spirit of Mexico in the form of a human butterfly, fleeing from a brilliantly made life-size puppet horse, apparently a symbol of Zapata, Mexico's revolutionary hero. Then it's straight on to a set of hoop jumpers dressed, naturally, as hummingbirds, which apparently represents the souls of the heroic Aztec dead. That's not something you would be able to guess. This hoop jumping becomes increasingly challenging and is extremely impressive, as it still involves the moving conveyor belt. The clowning elements of the show are slightly drawn out at times, though there is a loose plot about the gangly clown falling out of a plane and then stomping around looking for a drink of water, and this is somewhat amusing. As I've said, there's no real plot line, so I'll instead pick out what, for me, were the highlights of the show. First, the sets are awesome. They are built on and around a multiple turntable stage with extraordinary water features. The transformations for example, from a field loaded with oversized marigolds into a smoky dance hall or a candlelit chamber 
are so fluid it is almost unnoticeable. Similarly, the cast and crew appear and disappear seamlessly. Second, the sequence involving what are apparently called sear wheels, that's CYR, are, which are massive metal hula hoops with wide edges. Two comely ladies start out by, with human gyroscope tricks in the wheels and are joined, of course, by a trapeze artist over their heads. So far, so good. Then thunder claps, and a wall of water comes cascading down. Do the performers then stop? Heck no. The show must go on. They get completely drenched. And if you think it's hard doing the splits in the air when it's dry, imagine keeping your grip when it isn't. Once the water element is introduced, there is no stopping it. It keeps reappearing, and marvellously so. The giant Zamboni-style drying vacuums used to clean up the spills are in themselves remarkably impressive. Third, the contortionist is something else, and clearly not of this world. This young man goes full human pretzel. At such speed, it is mind-bending. When he's touching the back of his head with his pelvis, and you might want to think about that for a moment, you do begin to wonder whether this artist's organs are even in the same place as the rest of us, or indeed, whether he has any at all. It is morbidly fascinating, although I do confess to looking away on a couple of occasions. Fourth, the two Russian swings, which are rotated so that you can see them from all angles. This is a high-flying act of the first rank. It involves very precise timing and an understanding of g-forces exerted on a body flying up to 10 meters in the air and going from one swing to the other while they are still moving. The most important cast members here are the spotters, who watch very closely and both subtly alter the speed of the swings and make sure no one dies. When one acrobat didn't quite land their footing on the descending swing after a few aerial somersaults, the spotters landed the performer so safely on his feet on the mat that it felt like it was meant to happen that way. Very cool. Now the juggler deserves a shout out. He starts with three skittles and eventually gets up to seven though this took a couple of attempts, but this is to nitpick. What the whole performance demonstrates is that Cirque du Soleil cast members are simply the best in the world at what they do. You'll no doubt have a very enjoyable evening, but as always, a few practical tips. First, on entry, you'll be required to show either your vaccine pass or a very recent test result. In terms of seating, I recommend the Grand Tier. You are higher up and have a great view of everything, and you don't get picked on in the clown act. Ice cream is available either from the roving vendors or from the bars outside doors three and nine. Do not do what I did and queue at the bars inside those doors, for they have no ice cream. And if you want to take advantage of the Royal Albert Hall's much-improved restaurant and bar offerings, you will need to book well in advance. But do go and celebrate the rebirth of the Cirque du Soleil. You will benefit from the warm glow, and the acts will stay with you 
long after COVID has left us.